Yeah. Well, so uh, it's not Mother's Day, so I can say this one. But when Adam and Eve started started having children, they started getting a lot of questions about Dad. Why don't we live in Eden anymore? And he said, well, your mama ate us out of house and home. (laughs) (laughs) I forget that one. There was another, there was a, there was a, (laughs) there was a little boy. And by in and, and Sunday school, he, and they were teaching them about how God created people. And he was very interested, especially when they got to the part about how God had taken a rib out of Adam's side and created a woman. And so a few days later, this little boy's mother sees him just laying on the kitchen floor holding his side. And she said, what's wrong with you? And he said, my side hurts. I think I'm getting a wife. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Glory to God. Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful day that we have to come here your children, to worship you, to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We just ask you to take over, Holy Spirit. We ask you to have your way, Lord, in your church. And we just thank you, Jesus, for everything that you are. We just thank you for growing us up in the grace and knowledge of our Lord so that we can go and help others with the same help we receive from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Matthew 13:43 Jesus said then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father he who has ears let him hear We're going to get back to that later Just let that soak into your spiritual ears for a little while Amen. Last week we were discussing prayer of faith and how faith worketh through love. This all stemmed out of it being Mother's Day, and and we thank God for praying mothers. Amen. (laughs) But prayer works by faith, and, and faith worketh by love. Amen. And the source of that love is God. The only kind of love that really matters. The agape kind of love. There's a lot of different kinds of love mentioned in the Bible. But faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ or or of God. But it's really Christos. So it's Christ, which is the same thing to us. But to non-believers it's not, is it? Nevertheless, faith comes by hearing the word of Christ. That's the good news of the kingdom of God. 
And faith works through love, this agape kind of love. But for you to be operating in working faith, faith that works, faith that actually goes out and obtains the things that have been provided by the grace of God, it's important for you to know that you're loved by God. Amen? Amen. And that if you have put your trust in the Son of God, one day you will shine like the sun in the kingdom of God. But do we have to wait? I say no. Now we talked about a lot of wonderful things last week. And I just can't go back and recap that because the recap will take me as long as the message did. Because I'll, the Holy Spirit will take me down some other trails. They'll all be good. But there's something that unless he changes my mind, I'm going to stick with it that I want to get to. Because I want to. I want to fire you up today. Amen? I need to stoke the fires a little bit. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if the Christian police came in here to arrest all the Christians, which let's pray that never comes in this nation. Seriously, pray that. <laughs> but let there be enough evidence to convict you. Amen. <laughs> God's. Oh, I want to go back and touch on some things. That agape love is our standard of living. Huh? It's not the it's not the arrows, the erotic or physical love that the world is all too familiar with, which is reserved uh, between a man and a woman in marriage. Amen. It's not the storge, which is the natural uh, affection of a, of a like a father and a son, or mother and a daughter, or a family relationship. It's not the Philia love, Philia love, the friendship, or the like where we get the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia. Amen. Uh, see? No, it's that agape love, which is associated only with God because He's the only true source of that sort of love. The kind of love that doesn't seek to meet its own needs, but the needs of others. And then. When we do that, then God provides for us without us ever having to go and struggle and strive for the things that the world is chasing after, you see. Because he's returning seed to the sower, a thousandfold return. What you're making happen for others, God make happen for you. So that's his standard. This agape love, he's the source. And he's given his love to us through Christ. We, we proved that last week and we showed it. And, and all I have to do is mention how he did that by giving his best, his only son, who had never been apart from him since way before this world was ever created. 
He said, Dad, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go down there and, and fix this so that we can have a family. That's agape love. Especially the way he had to do it. Amen. So, he's the source. He's given us this love in Christ. And it's important that we receive it. We believe it. Paul, John said, we have known and believed the love of God for us. That's what empowered. That's what, that was John's secret. You want to know why John said the disciple who Jesus loved, he wrote that about himself five times in his own gospel? Because he had a revelation of it, and it empowered him. When all the other disciples were running, he was of a spiritual employment right there at the foot of the cross with Jesus' mother. Amen. Amen. So we need to receive it, believe it. And then we need to engage in the battle that we are in for others to be with us in heaven. Amen. You know how important that is? We need to develop, develop and train our spirit, our spirit, to hear God, to hear the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God, the mind of Christ, which is already in our born again spirit. Hmm? The kingdom of God has taken up residence in these earthen vessels. If you belong to Jesus, we're the only religion in the world out of 4,200, like I said before, that can say that our God lives inside of us. So, we need to develop and train our spirits to hear God. To hear God. So important. How do we do it? It's not rocket science. How do you, how do you know someone significant in your life? How do you know their voice on the phone in a, a millisecond? Time spent. Relationship. Amen. Same thing. Train. Train yourself to hear that voice. Pray in the spirit. Feed on God's word. This is your spiritual food. So concerned about our natural diets. And then we try to get by on one meal a week. It's a wonderful meal if you come here. Instead of just a cold snack somewhere. <laughs> but still, one a week. That's not enough for anybody. Amen? Consume this word. This is the manna from heaven. Amen? Jesus. Without eyeballs. Right here. This word. And remember this. When you're trying to tune all this in. The voice of love. Agape love. This unconditional, unselfish love. The voice of that kind of love, that's the voice of God. It's pretty easy. It's simple, huh? It shouldn't be hard. The only thing hard is the self-discipline putting it to use. But that's an abiding fruit of the Spirit within us. God gave us that too. But just like anything with our faith, faith is one of the abiding fruit of the Spirit. But it's like any muscle. It has to be exercised 
to be strengthened. Amen. God majors in the minors. Said that recently. What I mean is he's interested in all of your life. Every detail of your life. And I'm going to balance this out a little bit or try to. I think I'm feeling the need to do that. But we often try to take care of all the, you know, the, the what we consider the small things of our lives. We don't bother God with that. You only go to God when there's a crisis, when there's something devastating. Wrong, 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 wrong. Is that what you do with your spouse or with your you know, best friend or whatever. I can't talk to you right now. I can't hang out. There's nothing really wrong. What? What, what is that? I'm doing all right today. I'll see you when things get worse. <laughs> no, man. No. <laughs> He's interested in your life. That inner witness is seeking to give you guidance in your mind, in your soul, your, give you direction in your decider. That's your soul, <laughs> your mind, will, and emotions, your post-personality. You can't discern that born-again spirit, which already knows everything. Wish you could. You have to draw on that from the Word of God and from the Holy Spirit who's been sent to help you with that. But we keep our spirit locked away Sometimes under lock and key, uh, behind a hardened heart. We harden our own hearts. Wax cold. Dip, 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 dip over time into the wax. Till that string becomes a candle. Amen. <laughs> That's what the Bible refers to as waxing cold. It takes time. It doesn't just happen by one time disobeying God, not listening to God. It's over and over again because the Holy Spirit's always trying to speak to you. Hey, listen, why aren't you trusting me? Why aren't you listening? Why aren't you believing what the Lord's saying? I love you. I want what's best for you. Nope, 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 nope. Now I'm a big fat candle. <laughs> Look. Keep your heart sensitive to God. He loves you. Amen. Can I just use a can I just use a natural example today? I brought something up here so it'd be handy. And then I dropped it right away. See that? Bill MIT graduate working at Home Depot. I know exactly what that is. <laughs> The Lord fixed my disposal yesterday. <laughs> All right. Now, those of you that were on the edge of like, I don't know if this place is for me or not. You're like, that's it. I'm out of here. This dude has lost it. I'm telling you, the Lord fixed my disposal for me. <laughs> I, I had, we had, a, everybody had disposal problem. You ever had it where it sound like, the world is coming undone when you turn it on. And usually it's what? There's a piece of, there's a spoon in there. Yeah. I've thrown a lot of spoons and forks in the trash because we don't want them tearing up our lips anymore. Right? Because they were in the disposal for a minute. Right? 
Or it could be like a bone or a piece of glass or some metal, anything that's fallen in there that those blades can't cut up and it'll, it'll get jammed up where it just won't move or it just sounds like the world is coming undone. Right? That's what ours was doing. And when I had, when I had the last one installed, maybe six or eight years ago, whatever, I don't know, when we did the cabinets, uh, it came like that, right? Or, or we thought it did because right after we got it, it started doing that. Well, my wife likes to tinker, okay? That's why I can't find my tools. A lot of times I have to go find three or four areas and then call her. And once I got it all collected again, I put everything back. And, and then the next six months, I'll go do it again and get it all. But she likes to fix things. And, some, and she's really pretty good at it. One time I had to trade in a, uh, not, not an Explorer, but a, a bigger one. Uh, anyway, uh, some SUV. Uh, expedition. expedition, yeah. The, the back gate wouldn't lift. And she said, oh, I can fix that. I'm like, no, please, don't, don't. No, I saw it on YouTube. I looked it up. I can do it. No, honey, you can't. There's a lot of, when you pull those cover, you know, all the little, anyway. I know. I've tried that. <laughs> No, so she waited till I wasn't looking, and she went out in the driveway and tackled it, right? Well, that's how I traded it in, with all that stuff just laying in the back. <laughs> but last time the disposal went bad, she did fix it. And she there's a little hole in the bottom of it, and you can, there's an Allen wrench. It's a quarter-inch Allen wrench is what you need, and, and, the, and it, well, it, she thought she tightened it. She told me before I tightened it with the with a wrench, and uh, it worked. I'm like, cool, good job, honey. Well, she doesn't realize, but that doesn't tighten it. It just turns it back left and right, and that way, if you got something in there, it'll get it out sometimes. But anyway, I said, well, I was going to try to fix mine yesterday, and here I just finished this. This isn't take too long, but I said, ah. I looked in my tool bag there that I keep handy, and then I looked at a couple other places. I'm like, where I'm going to find my Allen wrenches? And I reached down in the tool bag, and there was just one thing in the bottom. I pulled it out. And I'm like, I want, oh, I hope this is the right one. Well, I knew it was because it says food waste disposer on it. <laughs> I was like, you're funny, Lord, I love you. <laughs> Went into there, and I did my thing, and I came back up, and I turned it on, and it went, <laughs> and it spit this screw about eight inches up in the air and into the sink, just like that, right in front of me. i never seen one spit something out for you. <laughs> I'm like, Lord, you are so cool. I don't know. I don't care. It's going in the trash now. It's like, it's like those spoons. It's not going to work for whatever it was intended, but it was something that I was probably working on when I just replaced the dishwasher. <laughs> I have my guess. <laughs> Or had it replaced after I got tired of working on it and she got tired of working on it. 
But then, you know, the day before that, I had I had been praying about something very personal with uh, between uh, my relationship with the Holy Spirit, just praying and asking Him a couple of questions about Him and me. And I opened the blind of the kitchen window, and there was a hummingbird just standing there looking at me. You know, that's wonderful. You know, that's that's God. Now, I have to, that's, that's special, right? Times like that are special, and we all love it. I have times, I love the times where he has revealed himself to me in, in wonderful and undeniable ways, way, way more big than the things I just mentioned, those little things. I love those things, but we can't spiritualize everything, and we can't depend on things like that. We can't fleece God. We don't need to fleece God, and we shouldn't fleece God. You know what I'm talking about, Gideon. That was Old Testament. He didn't have the Holy Spirit. He had any other way to, to, to deal with God. He wasn't even a prophet who had access to God that way. You see what I mean? So it's really not New Testament Scripture for us to challenge God on everything, and it, it can be dangerous if we do. It's still nice when we know that it's God just speaking to us and it's lovely. But we, we want to rely on the word of God. Get this word in you. Get it in you because it's the most important thing. If anything disagrees with this, then you know it's not God, you see. disciples were in when Jesus stilled the storm. God didn't cause that storm. Jesus said a house divided will not stand. Why would he rebuke his father? Hello. You see what I'm saying? House divided will not stand. That's when the mute and, uh, and uh, blind man was delivered by Jesus. And they said, oh, he's delivering him by the power of Beelzebub, the, of the devil, not of God. And he said, nah, a house divided will not stand. Second Corinthians eleven fourteen 14 says, and no wonder. For even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So Satan will pretend to be a good guy, won't he? Yeah. Why? You see, Satan capitalizes on our natural love of the light, of goodness, of God. There's an unction, a need for us, an emptiness inside of us that desires God. We're made that way. See, the devil's true attributes are not appealing. You know? Hey, I'm the devil. I'm here to kill you, to steal from you, and destroy you, your life. No thanks. I'm doing a good enough job of that on my own. So what he does, he pretends to be good, loving, powerful, all the things that God is in order to trap us into agreeing with him about some things, doesn't he? But there's never, ever, ever a reasonable excuse for children of God to disobey God. I'm not saying you never will, Lord God hates you if you do. He always loves you. He'll always forgive you. But the point is, it opens doors for the enemy. 
Yes, it does. <laughs> if God tells us for us, it might not be comfortable or what we want at the time, but it is definitely good for us because he knows better, he's wiser, and he sees farther, doesn't he? Yes? Okay. So make sure y'all with me. I'm trying to see which side of the house is more anointed today. <laughs> God wants us to keep that door shut to the enemy of our soul. Praise God. If we just learn to, to listen and trust our inner witness, that unction from the Holy Ghost, our spirit man will be a lot better off. There will be literally... Ephesians. I used to have this printed out in my name and read it all the time. I, I still pray this prayer over myself and over my family and over you guys, but now I want to invite you all to start praying it over yourselves and over others that you care about and over me. Amen. <laughs> pray for your pastor. That's a wise thing to do. Amen. Amen. Best gift you can give me. Glory to God. So this is what referred to as the prayer to the Ephesians. The Apostle Paul wrote this. And he um, it's interesting to know, note that in this prayer, and if Paul Paul by now knows that he's got great revelation from God. He knows that this is going to be scripture. God told him that because you have such zeal for me, I'm going to make your words my words. Amen? And so this is scripture. Peter even called the words in the New Testament scripture. Amen? So let's just look at this. And I want you to be mindful that Paul doesn't, he's praying for you. He's praying for the, the church in Ephesus, but he's also praying for people 2,000 years from then, which was, is now. Amen? And if you were going to do that yourself, what would you pray? Oh, bless them with, you know, would just give them this and that and the other. He didn't pray for you to get one thing. He did not pray for you to get one thing that you don't already have. He prayed for you to get an awareness, a revelation of what you already have. And that tells us a lot. Now listen to this. There's two sections of this. I'm going to read chapter 1, verses 17 through 23 first. And remember, next time you read this, start putting your own name in there, okay? Paul's praying for them, and he says, I pray... That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you. And so when I'm reading it, I say, I pray that you may give me, Lord, the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Having the eyes of your hearts. And I, when, when you're reading it, say the, the eyes of my heart. You see what I'm saying? Just insert yourself everywhere it's talking about the group. Unless you're praying for a group. And then just read it just like this. He wants to give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. 
having the eyes of your heart enlightened. Again, all this revelation, just he wants you to have understanding that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you and what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. In other words, he wants you to know about your inheritance and how amazing it is. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? Oh, man. According to the working... Okay, he's saying there's some power that's available to you who believe. Okay, that's what that says. And then for those who are just looking on like, uh, what? He went on to explain it. He said it's like according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. That kind of power is available to you. And he wants you to know that. And seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Why is it so important that you understand how amazing and how powerful the King of kings and Lord of lords is, and the authority that the Father has given him over everything. Because you have in his name, you can ask for anything you want. And that name carries some stroke. A lot of power. A lot of... And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now skip over to verse... Uh, 16 of the second chapter. Should just be one page or half a page over. No, it's in the third chapter, sorry. It's chapter 3, verse 16. And he says, And I pray that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant to you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit, Holy Spirit, in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, See that? That you being rooted and grounded in love, and that is that is his love for you. It starts with his love for you. You can't give away what you don't have, right? You have to receive the agape love of, in the name of Jesus, stop! Rooted and grounded in love. May have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now that's a beautiful prayer. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Praise God. I'm telling you, if you'll pray that prayer every day over yourself, watch what happens. You're going to come, if you'll do it, and not just stop after two days. It, it will bring wonderful things to pass in your life. I'm telling you. God is faithful. Amen. Now listen. In Deuteronomy... Fifth book of the Bible, by the way. Book of Remembrance, they call it, because Moses was recounting everything they'd been through, right, Randy? It's three sections. They call it a fifth of the fifth, because there was only five books of the Bible originally, the 
without the prophets and everything, and that's the fifth book. That's the book that Jesus used, the grace book, to, to defeat Satan when he came at him. Amen? It's a type and shadow of David and Goliath. David used, he found a, the smooth stones. Jesus used the smooth stones from the scriptures. And the only, never, I don't want to get into that. Okay. So, Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 24. And 25. Folks, we need this revelation that we just prayed for. We need it so that we know who we are and what we have in Christ. So we can get on with our Father's business. Amen? I'm telling you, time is short. And I'm not saying that to scare you, but to prepare you. And to get you excited. Because you were born for such a time as this. God knew what he was doing. When he dropped you in at this time in the, in the history of mankind, right here toward the end, he had confidence that you could do everything that he called you to be and to do. That's exciting. That's exciting. Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 24 and 25. Rise up! Heard that song this morning, and I said, wow, look at that. Rise up! Stand, walk, run. Remember that message I preached to the, to the conference for Africa? Stood right here and preached to Africa. That was awesome. That's a long flight. I'd rather do it from here. Rise up. He said, rise up. Set out on your journey and go over the valley of the Arnon. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because he's with us. Rise up, set out on your journey to go over the valley of the Arnon. Behold, I have given, I have given you into your hand Sihon, the Amorite, king of Heshbon, and his land. I have given you this army. Consider them defeated. And you can have their land. And you say, okay, great. Well, I'll just sit here on the couch then and wait for the, the deed to come in the mail. And uh, I'll read about how their army was destroyed in the newspaper. That's not how it works. Begin to take possession. Well, okay, I'll go over there and drive some stakes in the ground. No, no, no. And contend with him in battle. Wait a minute. I thought, I thought you were doing it, Lord. He is. He did. But they still had a part to play. It's a relationship. Contend with him in battle. And check out what he's going to do, though. This day, I will begin. This is the Lord now. He's doing his part. I will begin to put the dread and fear of you on the peoples who are under the whole heaven. Who shall hear the report of you and shall tremble and be in anguish because of you. Now listen, everything in the Old Testament is type and shadow of what's now 
in the New Testament revealed. Amen? It's a natural example of a spiritual truth. And I'm trying to tell you that God has put dread and fear into your enemy, the devil, and all of his army. If you will just realize, rise up, stand, walk, run, and take possession of everything that God has given you. The devil is terrified of you. I know, I know a minister who about preached himself into the grave. He was just so busy doing God's business. And a little kid came to him and said, hey... I got a word from God. The devil's scared of you. He's like, oh, that's, that's a good word. He said, he's so scared of you that he knows if he stands directly in front of you, he'll, he'll be defeated every time. So he doesn't stand in front of you anymore. He got behind you and started pushing you. In other words, get some rest. And it was true. Joshua, after Moses wasn't allowed to go into the promised land, but he, he saw it from afar. 120 years old, climbed a mountain that day. The Lord showed him the promised land. He died there on that mountain, and the Lord himself buried Moses. And then Joshua, type and shadow of Jesus, instead of the law, because the law could never take us into the promised land, could it? Our good works, our good efforts, our good behavior. You can't be good enough in your own effort. Agape love is perfect, and that's God's standard. Have you been perfect? Have you walked in perfect love your whole life? Okay, then you better have a Savior who has. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So Joshua, type and shadow of Yeshua, Jesus. Is the one who had to bring us in. Amen. And so that's what he did. And now listen, when they crossed over into the promised land, for 40 years they had been fed every day from heaven. The manna fell down like little honey wafers. Something like that. Maybe we'll get a taste of it if we ask the Lord sometime. But it was something like that. They describe it in the Bible. It wasn't bad. They ate it for 40 years, even though they grumbled and complained. And, and they did get a, a heavy load of, uh, was it doves or quail? Quail? Yeah, quail. But it came with a price for their bump, murmuring and complaining. It got a, a plague brought upon them, too. So just be thankful for what God gives you. Amen. It's okay to believe for more, though. But just don't complain about what he hasn't given you. Be thankful for what you have and you'll see that he'll give you more. Amen. Amen. <laughs> okay. So they went into the promised land. The manna stopped. Because now they're in the land flowing with milk and honey. Like Adam and Eve had been in the Garden of Eden. Everything was there. They, you know. But if you want a banana from a tree... God's not going to go pick it for you and peel it for you. I mean, hello. He provided, you know. You can, you can do your part. <laughs> and so that's what was expected of them when they entered into the promised land. Go out, take possession of the land. Go get it. It's all here now. This is yours. But some of them had gotten so used 
to the manna from heaven being supplied every day that they sat around Shiloh where that's where the that's where the the ark was for many years before they went to Jerusalem they sat around Shiloh and like you know there's the different tribes of Israel and some some of them just stayed around Shiloh they, it was good there easy it was no manna but they still were you know community they provided and they just didn't want to do what they were supposed to and the Lord told Joshua he said so he said how long are these people going to be slack in taking possession of what I've given them so Joshua went out, went out 18 uh, chapter 18 verse 3 says so Joshua said to the people of Israel how long will you put off going and to take possession of the land which the Lord the God of your fathers has given you Now, type and shadow of the church. Amen. John 10, 9. The Gospel of John, chapter 10, 9. Verse 9. Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and he will go in and out and find pasture. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Go in and out of what? Well, he's talking about sheep here, right? You are his sheep. He's very zealous and jealous over his sheep. But sheepfold was just like a out in the wilderness at night, the sheep flocks would come in to the sheepfold and it could be uh, it could be some stone walls on three sides or four sides or whatever with a door and then like thatched uh, roof with branches or whatever or it could be like a side of a cave or whatever and some of them a lot of different shepherds sheep could go in and stay the night in there and bed down right and then the shepherd would come in the morning and stand in the door and he would speak, and they recognized his voice, and he recognized his sheep, and they only followed him out. And he would take them out to green pastures and still waters. Amen? Amen. Sound like Psalm 23? Remember the Lord showing us himself as the good shepherd. I'm the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find a pasture. Jesus said, I'm the way to the provision. You see, there are, there are people even in church that they just like church. You know, just like there are people that just live on a bar stool or live, you know, in a crack house or never go to, you know, they love their lake house, <laughs> whatever it is. There's some people that go to church but has really nothing to do with Jesus. They just think they found out that's a better life and a better group of people and they go to church. Believe that? It's true. Not here. You all love Jesus. That's good. Not, not any of you. 
Hello, Frankfurt, Germany. I wanted to say that. You're so faithful. God bless you. Something good is coming your way. I'm the door. Jesus said, I'm the way to the provision. Huh? I'm the way to the healing. I'm the way to the prosperity, to the living water. I'm the way to peace, love, and joy. I'm the way. Praise God. Hello. Amen. <laughs> I'm the way to restored relationships and marriages. Amen. I'm the one to help you bring your children home and to get them saved. Hello. Everything the Father has, he says, is mine. And so in me, everything that I and the Father have are yours. Everything. Everything. And the Holy Spirit is the administrator of all of it here on the earth. You understand? We have two persons, two members of the Godhead, who are our representatives, our advocates, our helpers. Translates the same as a lawyer. We have two of those. Jesus, sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. I see him so clearly now, still standing there right at my right hand in that courtroom. <laughs> no one to accuse me. And the Holy Spirit, the one who's here on earth with us, to lead us and guide us and provide for us and protect us and lead us all the way through this life to our final destination with our heavenly bridegroom, Jesus Christ, and our Father in heaven. But Jesus says, take up your identity in me. Take up your identity in me. Dare to believe. Hold your head up. Rise up. You are now justified, just as if I'd never sinned. And you have been made righteous with His righteousness. That means you are in right standing with God. He loves you. He says, you, you can't even imagine what He has in store for you, those of you who love Him. And so, what He's telling the church today is the same thing He was telling to the Israelites Back in Joshua's day. Stop standing in the doorway. Stop chilling in the sheepfold. Rise up. Go out to the green pastures. You need to be going in and out and taking possession of all that is yours by inheritance. You need to get built up in faith, in love, in power, in provision. Yes, in provision. Amen. This gospel 
is not cheap to, 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 to get it out to the whole world. Amen. So, if you're not believing and asking God, make me a great steward, but pour it on. Don't give me anything that's going to destroy me. That's a good prayer. Or take me further from you, but make me usable. Make me an awesome steward and then pour it on, Lord, and then show me, show me where to use it. Show me where to put it. Show me where the most souls can be reached. Show me how to populate heaven and vacate hell. Show me how to punch the devil in the mouth, Lord. Show me how to use my spiritual weapons to defeat the works of the devil. Let the light bulbs go on, the revelation knowledge that I have a power and authority over all the works of the devil here in the earth in the name of Jesus. Let me be bold as a lion. And humble as a lamb, as a little child. God gives grace to the humble. He opposes the proud. Lord, help me. You get yourself helped. Yes. He cares more about you than what you can do for him. So for you first, be healed everywhere you hurt. Help, that's it on the back of our t-shirts. Healed everywhere you hurt. Empowered by his promises. Loved with the agape love of God. And prospered in every way. You receive that help. You spend time developing your relationship with the Lord. You go out and you share what you've received. You tell about what he's done for you. I don't care how simple your story is. It's going to bless somebody. Because once you get all that, then, then others are going to ask you, see, how, how, do I, how do I get that provision? How do I get that peace, that anointing? That prosperity, that healing. I had a man sit across the table from me one time. And we were, we had gone from riches to rags. Because a lot, so much I did not understand about coming to the ministry. And this realtor came and we were selling a house. And he had never met me before. He'd grown up in the Baptist church, and I, I think he still goes over there. He's a wonderful guy, but he just kept looking at me. <laughs> but he wasn't looking at me in a strange way. He was looking at me in a way like I was strange in a good way. <laughs> I don't know how that sounded, but it wasn't a negative thing. He saw something in me. And finally, after about two hours, it took him forever to get through the paperwork because he just kept stopping and looking at me. And finally, he points across the table. He's about six foot eight or something like that. He's a big old guy because one time he wore this big red sweater. 
to church and I said, go Clifford, go. <laughs> but he says, I want what you have. And I said, good, it's free. Jesus wants you to have it too. People are going to ask you, how do I get this? And see, then you point them to the door. Not, not the left foot of fellowship. The door of Jesus Christ. Capital D. Huh? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, you say, oh yeah, that will be, that would be awesome. One fine day when we all get to glory. No, God says, let it be today. Hey, hey. You say, well, some, someone somewhere, not, not here, someone might say, well, I don't believe all that is for today. Yes, I know. You believe that. It's okay. We love you. It's not a deal breaker. As long as you believe that Jesus died for you on the cross, that he's alive today, seated at the right hand of the Father, and he's coming back for us one day. Hey, we're all one. Amen. And we love you. But if you don't believe the things I'm talking about, that's why you are not enjoying the benefits of your salvation. I am convinced. And I am ready. I believe my ship has come in. I believe I am a kingdom builder. I believe God will be manifest in my life to the degree that I can believe what he has promised about me. Amen. Amen. Mark 9, 23. And Jesus said, if the guy said, if you can heal my son, Jesus stopped. He said, if you, if you can, if I can, he said, if you can believe, all things are possible for who, him who believes. <clears throat> Don't worry about my end, Jesus said. I got this. But I need you to partner with me. Get rid of all that stinking thinking and unbelief. And release your faith. Put your faith to work. Send it out to obtain the things that God has pro provided and promised for you. And don't let it rest until it comes back with what you asked for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's your inheritance in, in Christ. Well, things are good in heaven. Yes. Okay, then. Let's agree and believe that it will be starting now on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, you can't see it. You got to be able to see it. Close your eyes. It's easier to see it sometimes if you just close your eyes. Anything you want. Now, I'm assuming that you think in kingdom thoughts. What's best for God, for, for your family, for in truth, right? 
Not things that the devil wants you to think are good. <laughs> okay? Don't You can't believe for those things. Well, you might, but you don't want to partner with him. That's the loser. <laughs> Saints, God left you here to demonstrate the kingdom of God to others when he saved you. And when they see it in you, you just point them to the door. There's only one door, and there's only one way to the Father. His name is Jesus Christ. Joshua told them, rise up, take what's been given to you. And Christians, Christians by and large have accepted a low standard of normal. Wouldn't you agree? Not here. Not you. I mean, the world's normal life hasn't really been too normal lately, has it? I mean, come on. And religious normal hasn't been biblical normal. Wouldn't you agree? You know what's normal? Love, joy, peace, righteousness in the Holy Ghost, miracles, signs, wonders. Acts chapter 3, listen to this. This was the early church. Here's normal. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong and leaping up. He stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. That's normal, folks. That's normal if you can believe. If you can believe healing, miracles, prosperity should be normal for believers. Psalm 35, 27 says, Let them shout for joy and be glad who favored my righteous cause and let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Hallelujah. God takes great pleasure when you prosper in every way. Yes, he does. But you got to believe it. Believe and receive or doubt and do without. Huh? You got to get your mind on the kingdom and away from the world. We didn't go from goo to the zoo to you. God created you in his image. And you're beautiful. And you're powerful. And you're born for such a time as this. Amen. 
So say this if this is your desire. I'm a kingdom builder. I will finance the gospel. All things are possible to them who believe. I have not because I ask not. That changes today. I want to be about my father's business. When I speak love, I speak my father's language. God loves all people. And I am here to show them the way to the door to heaven. Jesus Christ. Proverbs 13, verse 20 through 22. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Evil pursueth sinners, but to the righteous, who are the righteous? Who has right standing with God? Those who have received Jesus. You have the righteousness. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But to the righteous, good shall be repaid. A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Hallelujah. You know, there is not a single dollar in heaven. Not a one dollar bill or one round quarter is in heaven. There is gold, there are valuable stones, but there is no monetary money in heaven. It's all here. There are corporations and even individuals now with billions upon billions of dollars. And I'm telling you, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. And all you need to do is believe and receive and watch. As when God wants to bless you, he sends a person. And you are going to be blessed. Just believe it and receive it. Your ship has come in. Amen. Alright. I'm going to finish here. Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. He still has the hardest day of his life ahead of him. Some of the tears that are going to be wiped away on that day will be his own. He is not looking forward to judging the earth, the, all of those who have not accepted him. He is not looking forward to condemning them to an eternity in hell fire. But it's not his decision to make. The decision was made by the Father. It is done. It is settled. And that day is coming. We want to take everyone we can with us to heaven. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus went to his own hometown. I'll just paraphrase here. And he taught in their synagogue, and they were amazed and astonished. And, and then they started just reasoning in their own minds. And for whatever reason, they got offended, and they couldn't receive from him. You know, but they were too familiar with him. They took offense at him. But Jesus said, a prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown and in his own household 
And he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Jesus had the same problem that we do, folks. It's sad. It's painful. Of all the places Jesus went, which wasn't that far. He was walking everywhere back in those days. But, you know, at some points he had, you know, 15, 20,000 people following him, you know. And he was healing them all and providing and wonderful things were happening. And here in his own little hometown, the people that he had grew up around and loved the most and probably would love to have seen in heaven with him the most, they rejected him. He went through all the same pain and suffering that we do. All you can do is point them to the door. That's all you can do. Their response is not your responsibility as much as you travail and, and agonize over them. All you can do is point them to Him and it's up to them to choose what to do with that information. But just keep praying for them. Amen? Amen. Jesus is coming soon. In that same chapter in Matthew 13, he talked about that, that fateful day that's coming. And he had told them a parable about how a farmer had planted seed in his field for wheat, you know. And how the devil, the enemy, had slipped in and an enemy had planted weeds in amongst the, the wheat. And he didn't say it well, they understood it like that. So later they asked him about it. And here's what he said. Then the he left the crowds and went into the house and his disciples came to him saying, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man. That's Jesus. The field is the world and the good seed is, is the sons of the kingdom. That's you and me. The weeds are the sons of the evil one and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age and the reapers are the angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. You see, it ends well for those who are true believers, but it comes at a high price. And lots of sadness for those who live this life their own way. What we want to do is get busy trying to retrieve as many as we can for the kingdom of God. Amen? Are you with me, folks? Give the Lord a shout of praise. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for your love and grace and mercy. I want to pray for any of you who have needs today before, before you get out of here. I pray for all of you who are watching some other way or in some other place. If you haven't received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, just say this prayer. Lord Jesus, 
I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you came and died on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead and are alive today. And I believe you are coming back for me one day. If you said, I make you my Lord and Savior, I now repent of my sins. If you said that... Just begin to ask the Lord to fill you with his Holy Spirit, to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. That's Jesus that does that for you. And he will fill you, he will baptize you with fire and with the Holy Ghost, and it will empower you to receive, to, to know, uh, and to be all of that he created you to be and to know. It will give you revelation knowledge, it will help you to pray in the Spirit, and it'll it'll help you uh, to have the power and ability to do and to be all that he's called you to be and to do. Amen? Amen. He said, you being evil, love to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So just ask him and then begin to thank him for it. Watch what happens. If you need help with that, let me know. In Jesus name, we love you all. You're dismissed.